Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, I thank you once again for every person that's here. Lord, I thank you for uh, just their love for you. God, and I, I just believe that you desire to do great things in their lives. Uh, God, I believe that today you just want to draw them closer to you. And so, Lord, today, whatever is on our mind, whatever distractions, whatever agenda we have, Lord, we just set it to the side and we say, God, we got to have you. Plain and simple, God, we got to hear your voice. Will you come speak to us? Will you come talk to us? And Lord, let us draw closer to you. Thank you for your anointing, Holy Spirit. Do only what you can do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, it's really good to see everybody this morning. Uh, you know, if you were here last week, you know that Pastor Brian and Miss Leah did a, an absolute fantastic job kicking off this new series that we're on, talk about the prayer initiative. You know, they did so good. Uh, man, I listened to that thing, and I was like, it was just blown away. I was blown away. Isaiah 58, Pastor Brian did a great job explaining that, and I think they did just a great job going, hey, here's the heart of all this. Uh, so if you weren't here last week, please, 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 please do yourself a favor and go listen to the podcast from last week. Also, you know, I'll just say this as a pastor real quick. It's really good for us to be able to go away to a conference and, and not have to worry about anything here. That's, it was so great to go away and know that, man, the worship team kicked butt last week. Pastor Brian and Miss Leah kicked butt. So, man, it was, it was good. Amen? Are, are y'all live today? Amen. So anyway, so today we're going to we're going to uh, kick into uh, part two. We're going to jump right into it. If you need a subtitle today, basically, once again, prayer initiative subtitle would be this courageous prayers, courageous prayers. So as I've been thinking about this series, I, you know, I just keep thinking about this. Not only, not only, man, how awesome it's going to be and what all the possibilities of what God can do, but I, but I keep thinking about, man, what would happen if we dared to pray beyond our normal, safe, and predictable prayers that we pray so often? Right? You know what I'm talking about. It's like we, we kind of get in this, in this routine of we just say, God, will you please forgive me for filling my blank? God, will you, uh, you know, I need you to do this. You fill in the blank. You say, God, protect me, provide me, bless me, touch me, all these things. And obviously there's nothing wrong with any of those prayers. In fact, they're right and they're good because we have biblical promises attached to every one of them, right? So, so, so they're good. But, but what I keep thinking about, and I want you to consider for a moment today, is what would happen if we begin to stretch ourselves beyond our norm? What would happen if we begin to stretch ourselves beyond our comfort zone for the next 20 days and we begin to pray by faith prayers that take courage, prayers that are kind of risky, and prayers that are even dangerous? What would happen? And, you know, and I know, uh, you know, a lot of times, in fact, when I thought about that, I thought, man, uh, you know, it's like I, I can imagine someone saying, Pastor, there's a lot of things that are dangerous in this world, uh, but prayer's not really one of them, man. <laughs> you, you, you know, in fact, I, I had to do this. I don't know why, but I was like, man, let me, what, what, are, what are some of the most dangerous things that are in this world that people do? Because, you know, God looks at us sometimes and just shakes his head, right? Because we do some really funny things. And, and here's kind of, you know, I did what every red-blood American does. I, I Googled it, right? That's what you do. And so, anyway. So here, here's some things that men are just dangerous. I thought about you know with this. This is free climbing, if that's what you want to call that. I can think of many other names. Um, but, but free climbing, these guys climb thousands of feet up in the air, and there's no safety ropes. There's no, uh, you know, there's nobody belaying. There's no harness. There's, it's, just, it's just them and a little bag of chalk and some, and some pretty little shoes, right? So the, the next thing is it was base jumping, just, you know, these guys go find mountains and they find uh, buildings, towers, antennas, and they just bell off of it like, yeah. Anyways, I, I'm, I'm, there's all kinds of adjectives I want to say about these people that I'm not. Anyway, so the, the next one that came up was this. I mean, I know what every one of you guys desire is, is to run with the bulls, right? Running with the bulls. I mean, that, man, that is dangerous. All right. So uh, this is, this is, I thought actually about Carl with this one, uh, wing walking. 
you know, I don't know if that's dangerous. That guy's strapped in, but he sure is crazy. I, I'll give you that. So anyways, so uh, another one is parkour. And, and, and this is uh, basically, you can't really see from the building, but he's basically standing on like a, a, a two, three-inch ledge, and he's doing flips. And what you don't see on the other side is like 100-foot drop-off. Okay, so anyways, uh, th- this one is one that all you guys really love. It, it's, it's basically uh, crocodile bungee jumping in Australia. That people would literally jump over uh, croc-infested waters, let their heads splash, and, and I guess, whatever, pray to God that they don't get that. So anyways, and, and, and then this other one, which I think is absolutely insane. I wish you could see it clearer, but that's called uh, slacklining. That, that, that brother is walking on a really skinny rope across a big old hole. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that is... Listen, I, you know, I look at that stuff, and the, the only other one I had, we don't have a picture for it, but I, I kept thinking about people go swim with sharks. Man, that scares me. I can't even, listen, when I was a kid, I could go, I could swim way out. Now that I've grown, I'm matured, right, and I've got older, and I've remembered Jaws. <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I'm like, yo, knee deep, and I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, we'll go play in the sand with my three-year-old. So anyways, but, but listen, it's, it's kind of like this. These things are definitely dangerous. They're adventurous, they're crazy, and I would say maybe even stupid. Can I get a witness? So, but, but listen, one thing is for sure, all of those examples take one thing. They take courage. They take courage. And you see, courage is defined as this. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens us. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens us. And if you want to define courage as that, then prayer definitely falls into the category. I'm going to explain to you why. You're still not getting it, but I'm going to explain to you why. What's a courageous prayer? A courageous prayer is this. A courageous prayer is the kind of prayer that moves us out of our comfort zones. Now, you've got to understand what a comfort zone is today. A comfort zone is, is basically where, where it's your spot in life where everything evolves around the most important thing to you, the greatest thing in the universe. It's called you. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where, where it's my comfort zone and my prayer life is where it centers all around my needs and my wants. Right? It, it's in my comfort zone where I get to tell God, God, you can only come thus far. And if you come a step further, guess what? I'm checking out on you. Right? Because if you make me uncomfortable at any moment, I'm done. It, you know, you know, whatever, lunch break. Right? I'm done. But, but see, the thing is, is when it comes to comfort zones, guess what? You know, I've been doing this for a long time. When you start messing with someone's comfort zone, it frightens them. And so what I'm trying to tell you is, guess what? I have some things I want you to pray that are going to frighten you. Is that okay? Because it's going to get you out of your comfort zone. And I just think this, that, man, when we begin to pray courageous prayers, uh, God begins to move. God's spirit literally begins to move in our lives. And what he does is when we begin to pray these kind of prayers, he moves us past our defenses. He moves right by them, right? We have all these walls built up to God, and he just cruises right on through them. He says, you know what, I'm not really worried about your stuff. And and then what happens is is he moves right by all that where we keep saying, God, I want this, I need this, I need this. And And he begins to basically move on our hearts where we begin to pray prayers like this. God, I want to seek you first. God, I want to seek your kingdom and your righteousness first. Right, not going to him and saying, "Once again, here's my laundry list of uh, of you know whatever things that you got to do." But God, I just want you. Right. The other kind of courageous prayer is kind of like this: is where we begin to have the guts to pray, "God, your kingdom come, your will be done." So listen, is what I'm saying is this, kind of setting this up. As we turn our hearts, once again, to, to these 20 days of prayer and fasting, I, I, I just got four basic courageous prayers. I want I want to just. Basically, just, I'll just say it this way. I just want to invite you. Maybe a better word is just challenge you to pray. 
They're really simple. I, in fact, I, I have to say this to you. I almost feel dumb saying these things because they're not new. In fact, some of you guys have already prayed these prayers. And, uh, and I want you to know at the same time, they're not fun. <laughs> they're definitely not fun. There, there's no fun in it. You, you know what, what, what Brother Bill said a while ago, man, it was so right on. It, it, it's, it's not always. You, you know, we're so conditioned in the church as Americans that we think that God came and promised us, you know, sunshine and butterflies and, and cotton candy. And if anything is opposite of that, then it's not the gospel. But that's not the gospel Jesus preached. Amen? So, so here's the thing. I just, I just want to encourage you once again. They're not new. Guess what? They're, they're, they're not fun. But, but there's just this guarantee that I want to make to you, a promise I want to make to you. If you pray these things by faith, guess what? At the end, you will be changed. And it'll be for the better. Amen? <laughs> Y'all are quiet on me. What's he going to say? Here we go. The first courageous prayer I would like for you to consider praying is this. It's simply this. It's the search me prayer. It's the search me prayer. And once again, you you, you all know it. It's found in Psalms 139. But to kind of give you a little background that we don't always talk about in the church, the background of this prayer that we find in Psalms 139, basically King David's enemies had come, and they were standing against him, and they were accusing him of having wrong motives. They were saying, dude, you you got an impure heart. And if you've ever studied anything about David, you know that a pure heart was top priority for him. Right, And so when these guys came and they began to accuse him, uh, basically in essence of going, dude, you're, you're not walking in God's ways. Even though they didn't know God, that's in essence what they were saying. He didn't do what most of us would do. I don't know about you, but if somebody came to me, I know my natural response because I do it sometimes. And I'm embarrassed that I do it sometimes, but I defend myself. Right? Isn't that our natural response? That we will defend ourselves and say, no, my heart's right, blah, 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 blah. David didn't do that. David said, you know what? He just went to God and said, God, I want to know if there's any truth in what they're saying. And he began to pray this prayer. Let's look at this. Psalms 139, verse 23. He said these powerful words, search me, O God. He says, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Don't miss verse 24. He says, point out anything in me that offends you. Your translation may say, point out any offensive way, any wicked way, any hurtful way that's in me. And then he says this last part that we leave out all the time, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, I've said this to you before, but I I realize on surface level, this prayer almost seems really silly. God, search my heart. Because you go automatically, man, isn't God omnipotent? Doesn't he already know all things? Doesn't he know uh, everything in my heart that's good, everything that's bad? Of course he does. He doesn't miss a thing. But but what's so dangerous about this courageous prayer is is not what God might find. What what it takes courage in is what he might reveal. (laughs) Right? It's what he might reveal because the answer there is really in what David asked for in verse 24. If you can, throw that. Yeah, thank you. He, notice what the very first two in verse 24, point out. God, point out. God, point out. He's saying, God, I, I not only want you to search the most of my heart, but I want you to point out what you find there. I want you to show me what you see. And that prayer, guys, can be very scary. Yes? Yes. No, nobody, here, let me help you out today. It's almost like this. If you're married, one of the worst things in the world is to have your spouse come tell you what's wrong with you. Well, let me tell you what's wrong with you, right? So, but, but why? Because we don't like anybody pointing out anything about us. Can I get an amen? So, so listen, but we talk about when we're praying this prayer, we're saying this, God, I give you permission to go into the deep recesses of my heart. Go deep, God. Go deep. Quit, forget this surface stuff for a minute, that comfortable place. Go deep in my heart, and I want you to begin to reveal my blind spots. God, will you come, and will you begin to uncover the things that I've been in denial about? Because we all got that. 
don't care who you are. God, would you come? I just give you permission. I highlight what I've been trying to cover up and explain away. Oh, that's not, that's not, everybody's doing it. Well, I don't do what they do. Explain it away, right? It's, it's God, would you come and would you put your finger on the things that I've tried to ignore or blow off because I didn't think they were that big of a deal? It's God, would you come and would you point out where I'm being defensive and insecure? God, would you come and show me, once again, the heart of that scripture, my motives and my attitudes? How about this? God, would you come and reveal my fears? God, would you come and show me what I'm afraid of? Let me, let me make that really, because uh, obviously uh, most of us aren't dumb enough to slackline, right? So uh, y- y'all remember that one? All right, so, so, but, but here's the thing. Here's what I want you to see, and I want to throw this quote up. But uh, why is it so important that we say, God, show me my fears? It's because the truth is, is what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Let me make that, let me make that really practical for you. If, uh, if you're always worried about your finances, that says that you don't trust God to be your provider. Right? If, if you're the parent in here that you're always worried about your kids, it, it says, basically, God, I, I can't trust you with my kids. Yeah? If, if you're always worried about what your spouse is going to do, then it says, God, I can't really trust you in my marriage. Are you, I mean, fill in your blank. We, li, listen, there's not a person in this room that's exempt from that. We all got it somewhere, guys, right? And, and, and there's things, I'll tell you what, and it's like this. There's things that I, you know, unfortunately, it's like consistently there's things that lingering thoughts. And, and in essence, what, what fear does is fear tries to tell us that God's, that God's not powerful in that area. Right? So when we come and we just simply say, God, search me, man, that's really what we're, we're just, once again, laying it all out there. And uh, it, it's kind of like this. It's like, if I can encourage you, when, when we begin to pray this prayer, if, you, if, you're, if you're brave enough, you're courageous enough to go, hey, God, search me and really mean it, I, I just want to encourage you to be on the lookout for what he shows you because he'll show you. I'm telling he will show you. And, and, and how you need to do is you need, you need to listen to how you, listen to kind of watch how you respond to people and how you respond to situations. But also this one, and this one's the hardest one. Because a lot of times it's, it's easier to go to the prayer calls and how God deal with you. But, but, but what if you stopped and you begin to listen? Uh, God, what are all these people saying that are around me? What, what, what have I been blowing them off in? But I need to pay attention to what they're saying to me. You, you, you know, years ago, i just give you this example. Years ago, I kept having people come up to me. And, and of course, it wasn't ever the person that, that said it. It was always somebody else because that's the church way to do it, right? We, we never have courage to say something to somebody else. We, somebody always goes and tells on us. So, but people would come to me and they say this, Hey, um, PQ, so-and-so said um, you intimidate them. Now, listen, I know what you're thinking. I'm a, I'm a man of girth. I mean, look at me, right? <laughs> I mean, intimidating, right? But... But, but, but people kept saying, man, PQ, you, you know, you intimidate them, you intimidate them, you intimidate them. And, and, and of course, I'm sitting back going, um, man, how am I intimidating these people? You know, I'm going, that's not my heart, right? It's never, you know, who wants to be a bully, right? And, and so, but I realized it was, it was because I was so honest and so direct with people. I, what I was saying was truth, but it was the delivery. Y'all are thinking, man, you still got a lot of work to go in that area. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, once again, I was so, I was so heartbroken because these people that I was trying to help, they were running from me. And so, you know what I had to do? I had to go search me. <laughs> I had to go pray a search me prayer. God, what am I doing that's causing these people to not to receive when I'm giving them the truth? Because the Bible says to give the truth in, and that's the part I was missing, right? 
So, anyways, just an example, but you need to pay attention, okay? And, and, and fellas, pay attention to your wives. That hurts me to say that, but pay attention to your wives. I just felt the pain. Did you feel the pain, fellas? Did you feel the pain? That was bad. Anyways, um, but, but listen, it's when we begin to pray this prayer, and, and it's, once again, of what happens in situations, people saying, man, that's really how God begins to shine the light in the dark places of our lives. And, and we've got to understand that, and this is really, really important. Don't miss this. That, that, the whole, that the whole point of this prayer part of God search me is not so God would just reveal something. It's not, it, listen, God doesn't just stop in the pointing out of things, right? He's just not there to push your buttons. It, it, it's the fact, once again, if you go back to that verse, can, can you go back to that verse, please? Yeah, thank you. L- look at that. Point out anything in me that offends you and look and lead me. That's the point, God, that you would lead me to life. Right? That, that there's this part that goes, you know, God, um, that you understand that God goes, there it is, but you understand that God's goal is to, to get you to freedom, right? To get you to wholeness. And so when he points out something, understand that when he points out something, he comes along with his grace and his mercy, guess what? And his wisdom and his power and all those things, what? To help you get healed, right? To help you get whole. That's the point, okay? He, he wants to help you overcome those things, okay? All right, so, and it takes truth to do that. Second courageous prayer. Here we go. Second one I want you to consider praying is this. And most of us in this room pray this at some point. But it's called the send me prayer. The send me prayer. We know this is found in Isaiah 6. Now to kind of give you the uh, story that's behind this. We know that here's the prophet Isaiah, right? He, he, he's having this amazing encounter with God. And, uh, you, you know, we see the angels and the angels saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we know they're saying, man, that the whole earth is full of his glory, right? It's just this beautiful moment that you see in Isaiah 6. Uh, the Bible says that it was so powerful that uh, the threshold began to shake. And it said the place began to fill in smoke. And then in that moment, guess what? Isaiah realized, oh, crap, <laughs> I'm so not holy, <laughs> right? He realized that moment. So watch this. Look at Isaiah 6. Let's pick it up. It says this. He says, then I said... It's all over. I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among people with filthy lips. I go to church with people with filthy lips. Whatever. Here we go. He said, yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Right? Oh, my gosh. I love that verse. The Lord of heaven's armies. And it says, verse 6, Then one of the angels flew to me with a burning coal, and he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. Not thongs, but tongs. Read that right. In verse 7, I'm so sorry. Verse 7, he says, he touched my lips with it and said, I'm showing that I'm unclean right here, aren't I? So anyway, so he touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. Gang, don't miss that. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And verse 8 says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Once again, we know that he overheard God talking. God was not talking to him. He overheard what God, the, the heavenly conversation. And in response, what did Isaiah say? Here am I, send me. To understand this prayer, if you'll need to jot down a note here, this prayer is simply this. It's called a prayer of availability. It's a prayer of, of, of availability. See, this is the prayer that says this, that God, after everything you've done, once again, now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven, that God, after everything that you have done, what can I do for you? That's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. See, when we begin to pray this prayer, what happens is, is God begins to send us out of our will into his will. We begin to pray this send me prayer. What happens is God begins to send you out of your comfort zone. And, uh, you, you know, just as I was preparing, I, I kept thinking about this, uh, hearing somebody, but pastor, I don't feel qualified to pray that prayer. Everybody turn to your neighbor and look them dead in the eye. Come on, don't have no romantic moment now, all right? I'm just saying, look at them in the eye. 
and say this. We're saying, once again, I don't feel qualified. Just tell them to say, welcome to the club. <laughs> Listen, is there anybody in the world that feels qualified to pray that prayer? No, none of us do. But we need to realize today in church, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. We need to realize today that God never sends us out in our own wisdom, in our own authority, in our own power. He always sends us out in His. Isn't that good news? It's not my anointing. It's his anointing, right? Let me give you an example of this in Matthew 10, 1. And please, 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 please do yourself a favor and don't say, well, that was the disciples. The word of God's for all of us. Please don't say this. Okay, look at this. Jesus called his 12 disciples. He called us together and gave them what? He gave them spiritual authority. And it says to cast out evil spirits. Are devils still alive today? Well, listen, if it passed away a whole long time ago, are we just supposed to let those guys run and do their thing? No, he gave us authority to deal with them, all right? So they didn't pass away, right? So the gifts and all that didn't pass away. Amen. All right, here we go. So quit meddling. All right, so gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal how many kind? Every kind of disease and illness. And then if you fast forward to verse 5, it says Jesus sent them out. Man, if we could just get that now, it would be good, right? Then I, then I think about this. Well, pastor, what if I prayed that prayer right, right there? What if I prayed that prayer and God sends me to Africa? <laughs> Man, I've heard so many people say that over the years. It's hilarious. And I want you to know, guess what? He might. He might. He might send you to somewhere, um, you, you know, that you never thought that you would go. But I'm telling you, if he sends you, he'll give you love for it. Okay? But, but, but know this. He might send you to Africa, but he might not. And he probably won't. I'm just saying, he probably won't. But I'm going to tell you what he will do. He will send you to your workplace. Yes. Young person, if you're in here, he will send you to your school. Everybody, and Pastor Brian, man, brought up so great last, night, uh, last week in Isaiah 58. He'll send you to your families. All those people we're trying to run from, he'll, he'll say, you okay? Go get them. Listen, he'll give you an opportunity to serve the people right in front of you. He'll give an opportunity to listen to somebody that's hurting. He'll give you an opportunity to share your faith with someone across the path. He'll give you an opportunity to be a, you know, to go and kind of give something to an individual who has need to serve in your church, to lead a small group, to pray for somebody. What I'm saying is in short, when you say that courageous send me prayer is he gives you an opportunity to be his hands and his feet. Right. And we need to quit running from that. So let me show you a few things that happen of what you're saying. Really. When you say, God, send me, Give me a semi-prayer there. Here's what we're telling God. We're saying, God, I give you the permission. I give you permission to interrupt my life any way you want to. God, any, any way you want to interrupt my day, God, go right ahead. Are you hearing me? Any way you want to interrupt it, God, you can. You're saying this, God, God I'm telling you, uh, listen, I am done putting prerequisites on you of what I will and will not do. I want you to notice something. Everybody, everybody listen here, please. Isaiah didn't say... He heard, whom will go for us? Whom shall we send? He didn't say, hey, God, hey, before I, before I say yeah to this thing, uh, look, what, is there a 401K? Yeah. <laughs> is there a retirement plan? God, what, what's the pay like? How many off days I get, God? Did, did he say that? He didn't say that, right? So we need to quit saying, God, I, you know, I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z. You know, here's my parameters, Right. We need to quit saying that. We're saying, God, I'm just willing, right? So listen, when we tell God, God, send me, please. We're saying, God, you can, you can move me. You can prompt me in any direction you like. God, my talents, my abilities, my resources, me, my time, my energy, and God forbid my money. God, they're yours, right? We're saying this, God, basically this, I'm responding to the Great Commission. Because really in that send me prayer, we're not waiting for something new. We're just responding to something that was spoken over 2,000 years ago. That's all we're doing. 
Right? Amen? So listen, I, I just believe this today. Man, if we'd be crazy enough to pray this courageous prayer, I believe that we'll discover that God has more for us to do than we ever dreamed of. That's truth. Amen? Can I tell you all something? Please don't, please don't disqualify yourself by your age if you're an elderly person in here. Please. I, man, I've said a hundred times, if you've got breath in your lungs, if you've got breath in your lungs, God's got a purpose for you being here. Amen? All right, here we go. Third one. Third one. I'm going to hustle up here. Third courageous prayer that I would like for you to consider praying. It's called the, the oh no prayer. But anyway, it's, it's called number three. Here we go. It's called the break me prayer. The break me prayer. The stupidest prayer that could ever be prayed. <laughs> Man. I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I'll, and I'll get to this in a second. You know, I've, I've been thinking about this thing for, I guess, a few weeks now, and, and, I, and I had no problem praying the three other prayers. <laughs> I literally, God, I don't know if I want to pray that one. <laughs> Being honest, God, I just don't know. I, man, I've, I've done it. I survived it, and I'm, and I'm not so sure if I, if I want to relive it. But um, anyways, we'll talk about that in a second. Here's, here's where the heart of this prayer is found. And, um, you know, theologians in here, don't get upset with this. Okay, I'm just giving you a thought here. Luke 22 says this in verse 14. It says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. Get that, for my suffering begins. He says, For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. That's our favorite part around here. They took the cup of wine. Anyways, so uh, it says, Then he said, as a joke. Anyway, so take this and share it among yourselves. In verse 18, it says, For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. I'm not messing with y'all. All right. I'm in a joking mood today, and this is not good. All right, so verse 19, it says this. It says, he took some bread and gave thanks to, uh, thanks to God for it. Watch this. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to us. Well, you, you know, listen, it's talking about his body, his life. So, you know, there's theologians now they point to this thing and they say, man, that's nothing more than a call to do communion. We would take the, uh, the bread and the juice, or the wine, whatever we use, and, and basically in hand, then, then guess what? You're, you're doing communion. But uh, other theologians believe that Jesus was actually speaking about our very own lives. That, that this, this, that if Jesus was broken, so should we. Right? And, and, you know, let me give you a few verses here. And, and once again, I know there's this argument, Jesus paid it all on the cross. I get that. But then there's this other side. The Bible says, I've been crucified with Christ. The Bible also says over here in, in uh, 1 Peter 2.21, it says, For Christ came and suffered and died and gave us an example that we should follow in his steps. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? And then what we talked about in our small group the other night, that, that guess what? There, there's that verse that says this, that, that we could uh, basically partake in, the, in his resurrection power. But then it says this. It says, but also in the fellowship of sharing his sufferings and basically died just as Christ did. That's parts of the Bible. We just like, oh, I don't really like that. Let me cruise on with it. All right, let me move on. Let me go find something I really like in there. Um, right? Is that not so true? I knew y'all were going to look at me like this today. It's awesome. Anyway, so look, here, let me give you a verse here. Psalms fifty-one seventeen. And, and, and listen, I may be out of balance in this. Um, you know, it's okay. We'll, we'll find it together. But it says this. It says, my only sacrifice acceptable to God is a what? Broken spirit. That's Bible. 
It says this, a broken and contrite heart. It says basically that the Lord will not reject, but he accepts. So in other words, it's kind of like this. Here's the best picture I can give you. Is that when we decide to live our lives like Mary's little alabaster box. And, uh, and we're just, man, we're being broken. And when you're broken, what I love about broken people is they don't give a rip what anybody thinks. You know, you get around a broken person in worship, don't tell them to, to straighten up. You got to bless God. You got to do it like the church does. No, just, man, it's so raw and it's so authentic and it's so real, so pure. And all they're doing is they're just pouring their heart on Jesus' feet. Man, that's what we want our lives to be, right? Just, man, it's pure worship at Jesus' feet. So, anyways, I, I'll say this. From, from my personal experience, like I said a while ago, this is the, this most scary, unsafe prayer I've ever prayed in my life. And, uh, you, you know, I've told you guys this before, but I'll say it again because I feel like I need to. When I was in my early 20s, I felt like God was wanting to do something. I'm sure you guys have been there too where you're like, man, God, I feel like you want to do something great right now. And I feel like you want to do something great in me and through me, but I realized I was in the way. Right? So often we go, God, why are you not? And he's going, why are you not? <laughs> right? Because we're in the way. And, and so I began to pray this prayer because I heard this evangelist say I should pray it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so dumb. And, and so I began to pray every, almost literally every day, God, break me. And, and what I was saying was, is God, I, I just, man, God, I'm putting myself on the operating table. Holy Spirit, heart doctor, <laughs> come and do whatever you can do. Do whatever it takes. Just do your thing, God. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling y'all, for, for months and months and months, I felt like my heart was getting ripped out of my chest. And, uh, and here's kind of the maybe so you understand that everything I had leaned on and depended on, man, I felt like it was yanked out from under me. And, uh, you, you know, what's, what's so amazing about this is, is when God's really stripping everything away from you until you, the only thing you have is Him, it's not really, people on the outside can't really see it. It's what's happening in here. <laughs> Right? And so what happens is, is in here, God brought me to the end of me so it could be the beginning of him. In essence, I begin to do this. I love this verse. And we don't talk about it often, but it's, I begin to pray this. Matthew twenty one forty four. It simply says, whoever falls upon the stone or whoever falls upon the rock will be broken. See, the other side is this, is, is if the rock falls upon you, then you'll be broken to pieces and no man can put you back together. But, but it says right there that if you fall upon the rock, guess what? He will put you back together. Right? So, so there's this essence of man. I literally, almost every day I go to my prayer closet and I just fall upon Jesus. Right? And I let him break me to pieces. Once again, nothing was off limits. Jesus put me back together. Plain and simple. And here's what was so cool. Months into this thing, a lot of tears, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of feeling alone. I, I remember I went to an, uh, the altar at church one night, and I don't remember why I went to the altar. It, it wasn't because of sin. I think it was just one of those, God, I need, I, need to, I need you to touch me, right? And I'm at the altar, and this man walks up, and, and he simply just says this. He, he begins to pray, and he said this. He's going to prophesy over me, and he said, he said Quentin, uh, the Lord would say you have asked me to break you. Listen, I, I didn't tell anybody I was praying that prayer for that's why I love God. God's so cool. Prophetic ministry is so cool, right? Because God still speaks, okay? And, and so, he, so he said, uh, you've asked for me to break you, and I have broken you, says the Lord. <sighs> right? It's like, man, God, you're cool, right? And, and so then he, he continued to prophesy basically about, um, you know, basically the next season of my life. 
everything you prophesied came, came to pass in three months, everything. And, uh, and, and once again, I mean, that was moving states away. I mean, it, was, it wasn't some like little thing like I went to Walmart and bought something. You know, I mean, it was like significant, like my world changed. And, uh, you, you know, what was so wild is when he said that, though, that I have broken you, that reassured me that God had heard me and all the hell that I was going through was worth it. That, that literally, man, that he was behind it, uh, you, you know, that, that, yeah, he heard my prayers, that he answered my prayer. But it also told me this really awesome thing. Man, my, my season of being broken is over. <sighs> right? And, and, and here's what I want you guys to, to realize is this. Is even though that was the most painful time of probably my Christian walk, I think my willingness to be broken allowed God to open the door to my destiny. Because it was a huge shift. That's when I went from just being a part of the church to becoming actual pastor. That's what happened. It was like that launched me to the next spot. And so, um, anyways, so I, I just want to tell you, yeah, it was worth it. And, um, and if you're willing to pray this prayer, here's what you're really going to get out of it. You're really going to get a whole new level of purity, a whole new level of intimacy, a whole new level of anointing, and just a whole other, just, just in general, just walk with him, right? And, and, and let me go ahead and say this. It's, here's probably the best thing that comes is a compassion for people. It's just a love for people. And uh, because once again, you, you, you just, I don't know, it just, it just changes your perspective. It, it kicks you off your high horse. And, and it rips out self-righteous uh, spiritual pride out of you and just goes, man, here I am, God. And you really find out there's not that much good in you. Amen? All right. Fourth prayer. And we'll be done. Fourth prayer. Uh, fourth one I, I just, once again, encourage you to pray is this. It's called the not me prayer. The not me prayer. And this is really found in, in Luke 22. Uh, this is a prayer that Jesus prayed. Let's look at this. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. Get that. We're still following him. Right? Where he goes, we go. Right? We're following him. It says, on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into a temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw uh, beyond them and knelt down and prayed. And he said this, Father, if you're willing, take this cup for me. That suffering, right? That brokenness. And then he says this, yet not my will, but yours be done. That's really the prayer. God, not my will, but your will be done. See, what I like about this prayer, and the reason I kind of held it last, is because that's really, the other three prayers are really rooted in that one. Right? And, and this is where we find, and you know, don't miss this, but we find complete surrender at this point. You, you know, so often our Christian walks, me included, uh, it's, like, it's like we try to share the throne with God. Right? It's like I try to slide on in there and, and try to get, get my little piece of the seat. Right? Come on, God. Help me out. Right? When, when God said, no, 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 no. It's my throne. I, I gave you a cross. Right? I took the cross so I could have the throne. Now you got to get yours. Are, are you all following me? And, and so what happens is, is this is where we come. And it's really, God, not my will, your will be done. Th- this is where we hand over the deed, the deed to our lives. This is where we say, I'm no longer in control, I'm no longer in charge. This is where I wave my little white flag, and I say, Jesus, I'm yours. It's really that simple, right? Are y'all okay? So, listen, I'm done. We're going to pray. But, um, all right, so, listen, I told you you at the top, none of that's new. None of that's new. But I also told you none of that was fun. Right? And I'm here to tell you, it is not fun. That's why we titled it Courageous Prayers, because it's going to take courage to walk down that road. So, so for once again, the, the next 20 days, 
If I approach it like I've approached the last 20 days, I probably won't get that much closer. Did y'all catch that? But, but if I'm willing to step in and go, okay, God, remove, remove all my, my little sunshine moments and, and get, you know, listen, I, don't, here, there's a balance to all this, okay? But, but just going, God, here's my heart. Do whatever you want to do in me the next 20 days. Man, it's going to be so worth it. And, and can I tell you what may happen? It, it, won't, it won't just remain for the next 20 days. It'll linger into the next season. But, but it will be really, really, really good. And, and there's something about, there's such a difference when you're just going through stuff because it's just life. And then when you know God's, God's the one leading the wagon. <laughs> there's such a difference, right? So if we can, let's just stand to our feet. Can the worship team come on up? I have one little song I wasn't planning on doing there. Can, can we do, um, I think it's called Alabaster Box, I think. Is that, is that what it's called? Am I right with that? Alabaster jar. Here we go. It's not a box. It's a jar. <laughs> oh, man. So here's what I want to do. If you guys can give us maybe 10 more minutes. We do have a really important announcement we want to make at the end of this. Um, let's just close our eyes just while the band kind of gets ready. I, I want to pray. I want to pray and just encourage you to pray kind of with me. I want to pray those four prayers. And just kind of lead you in that moment and uh you know hopefully i you know tomorrow when we start this fast you, you'll 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 do it again but let's just give god our hearts if you want to lift your hands you lift your hands if you want to come kneel at the altar you kneel at the altar whatever but i want to pray this prayer and then i want the band to sing the song and then we have an announcement for you all right so let's pray father we just thank you today god just for your word and Lord, I'll be the first to admit that that's not uh, an easy word to to hear. It's probably not super encouraging at all. Uh, but Lord, it's, it's just real life of what it means to walk with you. So Father, we just pray today in the name of Jesus. God, we say that we are willing to pray those courageous prayers. God, that we are willing to just, just start off and say, God, search me. Jesus, search me. God, I lay out my heart. Will you search me and know me? God, if there be any way within me, God, that offends you, Lord, will you let me know? God, will you point it out? God, if there's anything, God, any fears, God, any, uh, literally any uh, wrong motives, God, God, just anything that's in us, any attitudes, God, that are in us, uh, God, maybe it's the way we, we treat our spouse, maybe it's the way we treat our kids, God, God, maybe it's the way we even flippantly treat you. Lord, whatever it is, God, we're just asking God, search us, God, search us, God. And Lord, point out the ways, highlight the ways, turn the light on the attic so we can see what's really there. God, show us the condition of our hearts, God. And Lord, we just believe, God, that when you begin to reveal it to us, God, you're going to give us a grace and a power to overcome it. Lord, we pray that second prayer today. God, we just ask, God, that you would send us in Jesus' name. Father, just as Isaiah prayed, send me, Lord. God, we pray that today. And Lord, we just ask, God, once again, God, however you want to mess up our days, mess it up. God, some of us are so bound by a schedule, God, we can't even move if the Spirit nudges us one way. And some of us, God, in this room, we're too free willy-nilly. God, you need to bring order to our lives. And so, Lord, we're just asking, God, that however you want to direct us, however you want to move us, God, we give you permission. God, however you want to prompt us, God, whatever you want to say. God, and we just say this, God, literally in that, God, that our resources, God, our time, our energy, our money, God, God, literally our gifts, our ability, God, they're yours. They're not ours. You gave them to them in the first place. You gave them to us, God. So, Lord, we just say, back, God, right back to you. They're yours. And, Lord, we pray, God, we would be brave enough to pray. God, I didn't tell them, but God, obviously I've been praying it, but, but, you know, courageous. God, break me. 
God, break me. God, break me. God, that is not a fun prayer, but God, break me if you need to. God, you said in your word that Jesus was broken, God, so he could be given. Lord, if you need to break us so we can be given to those around us, then God, do it. God, if there's anything in our hearts that need to be uprooted, if there's anything in our hearts that need to be destroyed, God, we give you permission to do that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just pray that last prayer that that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. Father, not my will be done, but God, your will be done. God, we want your will, your will, your will in our lives, not our own. Father, we thank you that you've taken the initiative to change our hearts of stone to hearts of gold. Hey, Lord, you've taken the initiative to put your ways into our hearts and into our minds. And we thank you, Father. That's our hope. And we pray your blessing on the rest of our day, Lord, as we fellowship together over a meal. Amen.